We have several men that are going to be preaching tonight, and we've been praying for them, and I hope it'll be an encouragement to each and every one of you. We have eight, actually. We added one from this morning, and we might have to cap it a little earlier next time. We'll see, but um, they have the order, so men, if you'll just be reminded of who's ahead of you uh, so that when uh, they're done, you can just get right up there and jump right in and... uh, we know, maybe, maybe introduce yourself. I don't know that I mentioned that. I don't know if I did. Some people may not know all of you. But uh, definitely keep the introduction short because we want to get to the Word because with eight times however many minutes, we don't want that pie to get spoiled down there, you know. It adds up quick. But have your Bible ready. And, uh, and again, I'm, I'm truly thankful. We, we did this many years ago, many years ago. Uh, I don't even remember how many years ago, a long time ago, back at Cameron. And my prayer is that this would not be just a one-time event. I have some personal dreams about it becoming more than that. And uh, not just with these men either. Uh, It could be other men too. But this is just how it all came together tonight, okay? So, Brother Carlos is going to lead us off. And we'll go from there. And so... Uh, when he's done, I don't have the list memorized, so whoever's number two, uh, oh, oh, you're ready to go. You're in, the, you're, the, you're in the batter's box, as we say in baseball terms. Good. Okay. Good evening, everyone. My name is Carlos, and I requested my son, Kevin, to uh, make me the first one to speak. And that is because I might have a heart attack waiting for my turn. That's why. And I'm not even supposed to be here. But uh, just like what Pastor said this morning, we are like a sponge. Like if we just keep on getting, getting, and we don't give out. I need to squeeze myself to you tonight. Because we're going to explode. So I'm going to explode. I have to share it to you. The blessings of the Lord and what he did in my life. And I'm not going to preach really tonight. I just want to share my testimony. How the Lord uh, changed uh, my life. I have to do it quick. I wrote down my personal testimony. A A lot of you doesn't really know me that well. Maybe you know me playing the piano, but that's not, that's not that all me. I have some, a lot more to, to tell you. So I wrote down my testimony, as I said, and uh, because English is my second language, and I don't want to um, look for words. <laughs> so please bear with me. So I was born in the Philippines and raised as a Roman Catholic. I'm the youngest of eight children. Our family is not religious, and we go to church occasionally. I got my musical inclination from my dad, who was a drummer and a band leader. I had one year of piano lessons, though we don't have a piano during that time, and I just practiced at my piano teacher's house after school. It was a miracle that I was able to learn to play the piano. As I said, we are poor, and we don't have a piano at home. 
I taught myself to play the guitar and bass guitar also. Though I inherited my dad's love for music, I also got his love for drinking. I became an alcoholic as time went by. When I was 18, my dad hired me to be his bass player. I'm not really a pianist, but a bass player. That is my instrument over there, the one with four strings. After a, a few years, I joined a show band and played at different five-star hotels in Manila. Do we have a picture? Oh, there. <laughs> okay, that was me with the red bass guitar. During that time, our band is supposed to go to Japan uh, to work there, but it did not materialize. But instead, we had a contract to play at Lisboa Hotel in Macau, China. If you don't know Macau, it is the gambling capital of Asia. It is like Las Vegas in the US. And I didn't know that God will change my life in that place. When we got to Macau, there were friendly mus musicians there who visited us frequently and to make friends with our band. They are Christians and they invited us to go to church. Uh, but I was the only one in the group to go with them. So I obliged and attended Bordergate Baptist Church. It was there in that church where I heard the word of God and understood clearly how to be saved. I was baptized the same year, and that was 1992. The pastor there was Joseph Mandrino. He is with the Lord now. He is an American missionary who came mainly to minister to the Chinese, but a lot of Filipinos were there instead. I realized that God loves me and that I am a sinner and am on my way to an eternity in hell. Nobody can save me but Jesus. As John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I only know God in my mind, but not in my heart. My good works cannot save me, as Ephesians uh, 2, verses 8 and 9 said, For by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I believed the word of God and accepted Jesus in my heart. We inherited a sinful nature from Adam. Uh, Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. The nature of fish is to swim. The nature of bird is to fly. But the nature of man is to sin. You don't teach a baby to lie. You know, you just, the baby's crying, you lift her up, and then she stops crying, right? And uh, Acts 16.31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Uh, dictionary uh, defines believe to accept something as true, feel sure of the truth of. Many unbelievers thought that just because they know God, and they don't commit murder, they don't steal, and are doing good deeds to people, they are saved and on their way to heaven. The word believe has a deeper meaning. 
The devil believes in God and he is trembling because he knows his end is near. He is going to hell for all eternity. And to believe means the Bible gives the real meaning of believe, the biblical. The Bible is the inerrant word of God and it is the authority when it comes to our faith. Repent of your sins. Acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and trust and obey him with all your heart and with your life. We need to confess that we are sinners and receive Jesus to come in our heart to be our Lord and Savior. A lot of people, um, only uh, they know Jesus as a good man or a prophet. Just like the Muslim, they have Jesus too. They call him Isa. But Jesus is just a prophet to them. They don't acknowledge him as the Son of God. And the Bible said that Jesus and the Father are one. Our human mind cannot comprehend this because we are finite beings. We have limits. God is infinite. He has no limit. He created time, but he is not bound by time. That's why a thousand years is just one day to him. He created everything in the universe, and he cannot die. That's why Jesus has to come in human flesh so that he can die and redeem us from our sins. I'm just reminded, I forgot to pray, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. These men who are going to speak tonight, we are not perfect, but we want to lift the name of Jesus. Lord, you are the king of the universe. You created everything, as I said. And you know the future. You are already in our future. You know we need a church building to gather. You know pastor needs to, to be healed. And some other people, Shirley Malazo, and the, some of the Malazo kids, they need to be healed, Lord. And you know everything. And nothing is impossible to you. So we just trust you, Lord. And please... Bless the remaining time of our night. Bless the other men too, Lord. Guide us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue. Sorry about that. God is one God, but three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Hebrew word for this is ehad. An example is one cluster of grapes, but many grapes. Or an egg. You know an egg has an eggshell. The egg yolk and egg white, but it's one egg, right? And another example is the human body, I mean, human being. We have body, the house that Pastor mentioned this morning, the soul, and the spirit. So we are an image of God. That's why Satan hates us. He wants to destroy us. And Romans 10, 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Satan must hear that we are confessing Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, master of our life. Another, another important thing that I learned is that God doesn't hear the prayers of the lost. I shared this to some members uh, in our band, and they got mad at me because they said I pray to God every day. But... I shared this verse to them. 
Isaiah 59:1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. He only hears the sinner's prayer of repentance. And when we are saved, only then does the line of communication opens. After I got saved, I became the church pianist and choir director there at Bordergate Baptist Church. And then when my dad was in the hospital due to tuberculosis because of too much drinking and smoking, I went back to the Philippines and I, he was in the hospital. I witnessed to him and he got saved. And my mom also got saved too. I know I will see them both in heaven someday. I also witnessed to a couple of my co-workers, a husband and wife. Uh, the wife is singer and uh, the, the guy is the guitar player. They both got saved and now the husband is a pastor in a mission church in Bohol, Philippines. I'm not saying this to brag about me, but that God can receive the glory. It is just amazing to me that God can use a sinner like me for his glory. And I also had a co-worker with a Baha'i faith. He believes that there are many ways to God, but eventually we will all go to heaven. That's his belief. But I shared to him John 14, 6. It says, I am the way. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Hebrews 4, 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Only Jesus. And it was at Bordergate Baptist Church where I met my wife. You have a picture of my wife? So it's a blessing. We got married there and then we had kids. Then we applied to immigrate to Canada because of the kids so that they can have a good education. When we got here in Canada, the Lord provided everything that we needed work, shelter, and a church family. At first, I didn't know how to work. I don't know how to do manual labor. All I know is to play music. It was very hard for me to find a job here in Vancouver as a musician. All employers are asking if I have job experience, and I have none. It took four months before I found my first job at McDonald's, Leaping Burgers. Eventually, I learned how to drive and learned to operate different types of forklifts and to use power tools. I even learned to drive a five-ton truck, which I never thought of driving one, not even in my wildest dreams. I moved from job to job, but God was with me, helping me and protecting me. I had many near-death uh, experience at work. My favorite chapter in the Bible is Psalms 23. This chapter in the book of Psalms is very special to me. I sing this song when I am in distress, in danger, and when I am sick. Recently, I had all the symptoms of COVID and had difficulty breathing. I have fatigue, uh, clogged nose, and I can't sleep. I sang this song, read the Bible, and prayed hard for the Lord to heal me. I was able to sleep, and when I woke up, I was healed. And that's my family. 
My present job is delivering food to seniors. This is the last one. I'm, I'm almost done. One of my customers gave me his grand piano before he passed away. I actually shared to him and gave him a done book. I hope he read it. And one of my dreams is to have a grand piano. And this is a blessing from the Lord. God is so good to me. I can't thank him enough for what he did. And he is doing in my life. Every time I see that piano, it reminds me of the goodness of God in my life. Thank you. Hello, my name is Jose Lopez and I'll be your popcorn preacher today. You can call me Orville Redenbacher because that will be a bitter, bitterly sweet message. Uh, I will be like Brother Carlos. He took my idea, but now I have to preach. Good thing I grab a white piece of paper because I wrote it down. <laughs> uh, I'll take your Psalm 23. That will be my preaching. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He make with me and lie down on green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me into the path of righteousness. I will uh, for this for his name's sake. Ye though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For that are with me. Uh, with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou, uh, thou prepares a table before me in the presence of thy enemies. Uh, thou anoints my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. The surely goodness uh, and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the Lord's house forever. Uh, my message is the um, verse number four. Uh, middle of the message is where my Lord tells me he will be with me at all times. Uh, I have a life model that I say every microsecond of my life. Uh, for the love and glory of God and my family. Uh, I walk every day on, on Mondays down the mountain, pray, because I have to show that the Lord is with me at all times. I walk into my, uh, my office slash counter at workspace, and I got to show my coworkers what does it mean to be with God when on Sunday I heard, and today I got to put into practice that day. So I show them by telling them uh, I don't have all the answers what customers have, but I, what I do have is God, no knowledge that gives me. Um, I'm not afraid to talk to anyone, regardless of their life's uh, struggles, um, who they are, or what they do, or judge them, right? I never judge a book by its cover because you can see my face, but I'm not a good Christian, 
right? It's all in my heart, right? And then the walk that I am with the Lord, it's personal. And then for me, it's like my Sandra and I, my wife and I, even my daughter, her son, listens to me when, you know, I tell her I know better. <laughs> and because the knowledge of the righteousness that he gives me is that I fear the Lord because I love the Lord. And, and it's an everyday walk with me. And I know him and I, we go way back. And I love the Lord as much as like, uh, I, I don't suffer from depression. I don't suffer from anything. I, I'm pretty healthy. Like the only thing con constant in my life is Pepsi. I, just, I don't know if you ever know. <laughs> That's my, my go-to power drink. Uh, what else can I say? I bleed Pepsi. I love the Lord by giving me uh, an, an amazing wife because she's my support system. And most of the time, I have to be her support system, right? And I try to be as good fatherly uh, and co-worker and friend to all those who are around me. I tell them if they want my help, they need to be move out of their way. <laughs> Because if they want my help, I will love, I will help them with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my power. But usually they're the one in my way <laughs> to, for, my, for my help to be helping them. So in that, in that aspect, the Lord is with me at all times. That's it. That's all I got. Hello, Anchor family. I'm thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ for every single of you and for the opportunity that God gave all of us to be here. Uh, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you provided for us to hear from your word. And we thank you for your word that you provided to us that we can learn about the truth, not mine and not everyone else's, but the truth through your word. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So, it's about preaching in pipe, and I've heard that tonight there is some good high-end um, shepherd's pie happening, right? That's what I've heard, I'm not sure. So let's talk about shepherd. Have any of you seen a shepherd in your life? I haven't, but I've heard about shepherd. And okay, I guess I'm not alone. Good. So um, this book talks about shepherd, a relationship of the good shepherd with sheep. And based on this book, there are only two shepherds, the good one and the bad one. So, anyone knows that where Bible talks about the good shepherd? It's in uh, Bible, in, it's in uh, gospel according to John chapter 10. So, let's open our Bible and read the word of God. Do we have 
Because it's cheap. Yes. Thank you. The other one. Wait. No, not that one. Yes, this one. Oh, don't spoil it. Thank you. John chapter 10, verse 11. Who's talking? Jesus Christ, the Lord. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And we know that he has done it already. And um, let's also read the verse 9. I am the door, Jesus saying. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So I'm here to announce that I am proud of being the sheep of the Lord. And uh, Honestly, I'm proud of that. Not because of me, because of the Good Shepherd. Because it's the best thing. Just look at these guys. I want to be like them. They are not afraid of anything. They just follow their shepherd, right? And the shepherd is taking care of them. But there's a difference. These sheep probably going to give their life sometime. But our shepherd gave his life once for all. There is always an option. So who doesn't want an option? At least it's good to hear, right? It shouldn't be the only thing. We talked already about there is a bad shepherd. We can read the same thing about good shepherd and bad shepherd in the same John chapter, uh, John chapter 10. So can we see the other picture that what the father of lies is showing us. This is the other option. So option is being a sheep for the good shepherd or monkey for the bad one. So this is the question. It's up to us. Which one we choose? I chose to be a sheep for the Lord. But this one is open. So an answer from this book to this lie, we can find it in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So this is the answer for this ugly picture. This is the lie from the father of lies. And now, i like to read from the book of Ezekiel, which is one of my favorite books in the Old Testament. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 31 can we change this ugly one, please? I like those. Not this one. This is even worse. 
No, no. Yes, these cute creatures. I like to be like them. Ezekiel chapter 34, 34 verse 31. The Lord is talking to us. And ye, my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men. And I am your God, saith the Lord God. So, probably the left one is me, and the right one is Saba. And we are just two photogenic sheep of God, as you see. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time, and thank you for this message that you put in my heart. And we want to be your sheep. We are so thankful that you are the good shepherd. Otherwise, we couldn't live. You provided salvation for us. And we are happily your sheep. And we are sure that you are taking care of us. We trust you, Lord, with all of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. There you go. Good evening, Andrew Baptist Church. And for those who don't know me, my name is Barry. I've been coming to this church since probably 2017. And first of all, I want to thank the men that have come up here and preached. I know it's not an easy thing to do, and especially our teens who were up here just two weeks ago and given testimonies. And sometimes the fear and the fright can really take a hold of you, but I, you know, it's uplifting to see it. And for the other people who have been talking after, after myself as well. If I could have everybody turn to Galatians chapter 4. And um, what I'd like to do is pray first. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you tonight as every time that we come to church, Lord, and we want to hear something of your word. We know that when it goes out, it touches people's hearts. And it's not the preacher that does it, Lord, it's you. And Pastor Roy says, you know, and, and we're all on that same page. We need the Holy Spirit in us to get the word out. We also need the Holy Spirit to, um, to humble ourselves and pray the right words to be said. And I ask that he does it tonight for every, every man that comes up here and shares their heart with you, Lord. And uh, Again, we leave it in your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the theme of what I want to talk is basically Ecclesiastes 3.1 where it says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. The key words here I want to focus on is there is a time to every purpose. I'm talking about all of the purposes that he has. We know as we're going through the Bible, it'll say this is his purpose, but he's got an overall big purpose. And what I want to do is show some verses and try to walk through it so we can see what is God's purpose. In Galatians 4, 4, we read, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that to redeem them which were under the law. Now we see here, there's an example. God's fullness of time. It was his plan. He was going to do it his way. And it says, he came to redeem us. Now we know from John 3, 16, 
we understand that um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that is just expanding on that. That's why, we're, we're, that's why we are redeemed, because he loves us. And that's the key to all of it. And that's where his purpose is. We also know, like in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, we know at this point here, God is doing all of it. He's redeemed us. He loves us. That's why he's doing it. We've done nothing at this point. And just to give you an example of what, what love is, on Friday nights we have our RU program. And we have two banners that are there. One is the 10 principles. We go through a principle each time. Uh, we have a, a, a video on it, so it kind of explains what goes on. But there's another one, which is the fruit of the spirit. And on that fruit of the spirit, the first one is love. And it says, love is the sacrificial giving of oneself for the benefit of others without thought of return. So in today's society, they don't think that's what love is. It is all sacrifice. We see that from the verses that were read, how the Lord loves us so much. We've done nothing. He's already done it, even if we don't comply to it. Then you wonder, like, why would somebody do that? We know that he loves us. But if you take a look also in First uh, John 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And if you look further down in Galatians, if you're on that page, it says, when we, it says, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So you can see the purpose of what he had, is, as pastor talked today, what family are you in? God wants a family. When you get saved, you're in that family. And that's what love is. We know that God is love. We know it's sacrificial giving. We know he's love, right? We're made in his image. But we're under sin. We heard about that earlier on. And we know that we have to get sin out. But he is going to change us. We know that in time, it's, if, if we receive him, he will change us. So if God is love, he wants us to be the same. And as you look further on, as his purpose is being shown, it says, this is Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You see in that verse there? It's his timing. He says, them that love God, to his, it says, who are called according to his purpose. Originally, we had done nothing until we were saved. God did it all. That was his purpose. Now that we're being changed and we love him, we're doing his purpose. And that is the key. And I think the conclusion of all of it, I get everybody just to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. God's final purpose, yes, he's love. Yes, we're made in his image. Yes, he wants to save us. And yes, he wants us to go to heaven. And if you look at 1 Corinthians 2, it says, but as many as, but, but as, anyway, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard Neither has entered into the heart of man the thing which God has prepared for them that love him. Now, he's talking about heaven. So we already know we're saved, and that is a promise. That's why he loves us. He wants us to go to heaven. He wants to share it. If you take a look at Ephesians, Ephesians 2.7, it's more clear. It says that in the ages to come, he might 
in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through, through Christ Jesus. So that's what we get to heaven. That's what he wants to do. Because he is love and, he want, and we're made in his image and he wants us to love too. Now we're in heaven and we can exchange that because we know what love is. Love is a sacrificial giving of oneself. And through all of this process, as we've seen, it's, it's been, um, it's his purpose and his timing. Each time we don't see why, but it's leading to that final thing. And I just want to finish with Ecclesiastes 3.1 where it says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And to remember that God loves all of us. And uh, all I can say is praise God for all of that and uh, God bless you all. Thank you. Morning, church. Or morning. You know, it's funny. I was practicing what I was going to say, and I was like, okay, don't say morning. Don't say morning. And I, and I said morning. Anyway, if you could please turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 20. And before we start, I'm just going to open a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for tonight, Lord. Thank you so much that we have this time to come together and in this building. Thank you for the message that we've heard already, and pray that, Lord, you would, right now as I speak, Lord, that it would not be me speaking, but you would be speaking through me, Lord, and that I would be willing and yielding to your spirit. Pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Um, we're going to be reading the main focus of uh, just my message, the thing that God's given me tonight is, Jeremiah 20, verse 7 to 9, but before we go into the verse, I just want to give you a context of what we're going to about to read. Um, so, in chapter 19 of Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah is preaching God's word, and by instruction of God, God told him to preach, and he's rebuking Judah of their false worship of Baal. And again, you know, after so many times, and Jeremiah is one of the prophets that comes later on, it's not... Uh, Isaiah, he, Jeremiah is like close to, even to the point where Israel is out of the picture, and Jeremiah is still preaching the word. So um, Jeremiah and you know Israel and Judah are still in their wrongful ways. In fact, in, even in Jeremiah 19, it talks about one of the methods of worship that they were doing to Baal, which was sacrificing their sons. And you can see that in Jeremiah 19.5, which is, I mean, talk about, talk about. Um, and in Jeremiah 20, we see, just before the verses are about to read, we see Pasher, which is the priest and a chief leader um, in the house of the Lord. And after Jeremiah preaches what God had told him to preach, and it wasn't Jeremiah's word, it was God that was telling Jeremiah what to say. Pasher, the priest, and the chief governor of the house of the Lord, right? This is someone we would expect, you know, to be following God. What does he do after he hears Jeremiah's message? He smites Jeremiah. He puts him in stocks, which is basically like chains that you want to put in our terms, and imprisons him. And now we come to Jeremiah 20, verse 7 to 9. I'm just going to read it for you here. So this is Jeremiah speaking to the Lord. O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily, Everyone mocketh me. The word derision here is like someone is laughing at you. It's a mocking way of laughing at you. Verse 8, for since I spake, I cried out, 
I cried violence and spoil because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him. Imagine that, a prophet of the, prophet of the Lord saying that. I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. I just want to highlight a few things that we see from Jeremiah's complaining. The first thing I want to highlight is that Jeremiah was given a message from God to the people. Jeremiah was not only obeying God's command, you know, he was obeying God's command, and yet he was punished for it. He was discriminated, he was put into prison, he was hit from the person that we would expect, you know, more, the priest. Not only was he punished, but he was put in prison. We have a message to the people today, to the people of this world, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, right? It's our great commission, we'd say. This is our mandate today. And although we might never, you know, God willing, never get into that kind of situation, you know, there's going to be times we're going to be discouraged. There's going to be times that we are embarrassed or feel ashamed or we just feel wronged. And even though we didn't necessarily do anything wrong, we were just sharing what God had put in our hearts, you know, the gospel, something that God has put in our hearts that we have been commanded to say. It's not even up to, you know, it's not an opinion. It's like, well, God's told me to tell others, so it's not even about me. But there's going to be times in our lives, and maybe you're there, that we've been wronged. But even with all that, we still have a job to do, right? Christ's love should constrain us, as Pastor preached this morning, right? 2 Corinthians 5.14, for the love of Christ constraineth us. It's not about us. And even here, and as we read, as we read Jeremiah, you know, he didn't want to preach anymore. He, he, he wanted to give up. But what does it say? His word was in my heart as a burning fire. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't stop. It was something within him, which was the spirit, right, the spirit of the Lord, was prompting him, and he couldn't stop, even though he, he wanted to give up, he couldn't. And you know what? We have the Holy Spirit in our, with us today. Even though we feel like we don't want to do it, we don't want to give the gospel, we don't want to read our Bible, we don't want to come to church, whatever, you know, you insert that blank. We can, because first of all, it's not us that, we shouldn't be doing it in our power anyway, it should be the Holy Spirit. But secondly, it's, it's him that's going to have to do it anyway. We just have to yield as Jeremiah did here. The second thing I want to highlight is that even though Jeremiah wanted to quit, the fire kept him going. And amen to that. The fire kept him going. Even though Jeremiah didn't want to preach what God had given him, he couldn't stop himself, for the fire in him couldn't be contained. And we have the same fire. In a sense, we have more because we have the Holy Spirit with us forever until we go up there. You know, it's not the same as the Old Testament. You know, we have, we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's our down payment to heaven, right? The Holy Spirit in us will be the one and needs to be the one, because honestly, we're all weak in our flesh, right? It's the one, the Holy Spirit is the, way, the one that moves us to action. The Bible, here's the second point. First, we have the Holy Spirit. Second point, we have the Bible. The completed and everlasting Word of God is available for us both to learn and to give it out as we meditate on it, as we look into it, as we hear from in church. This holy book is not holy because of any person. It, will, it is the person, 
but not because of man. It's because it's God's word. Jeremiah was given direct revelation, but we have completed revelation. And aren't you glad for that? So the question is, is our fire waiting to be let out? Is that fire, that, that burning fire that Jeremiah is talking about, is it ready to be let out? Are we just waiting to have somebody ask us, hey, what, what do you do on Sundays? Are we waiting to be, as in first, first or second Peter says, having an answer of the hope that is in us? Are we ready to give the hope that is in us? Are we ready to give out the gospel in any time? And it's not because we're anything special. It's because God is doing something special in us. Are we waiting or have we dimmed that fire so much that people can barely see it? Matthew 5.16, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. You know, Pastor Eman said, you know, faith is by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We don't get saved because of works, but our works show what our internal what the internal thing has done. What we've trusted Christ as Savior, it will manifest itself as we see. So, what's, how's your fire today? And even before that, do you even have the fire today? Because that's more important. If you don't even have the fire, then what expectation do we have, right? And what the fire in this context is the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus Christ. Have you trusted Christ as your Savior today? Have you realized one time in your life that you're a sinner and that this penalty of sin is ultimately death? Romans says, Romans 3.23, all have sinned. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Pretty simple. Can't get simpler than that. Aren't you glad for the Bible simplicity? But hey, Romans 6.23, second part, the gift of God is everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if you never had that opportunity to come to Christ and to accept him as who he is, I would advise you to do it today. Today can be your day of salvation. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to choose now, but if you've never had an opportunity to talk into it more in depth, I would really recommend, I would beg you, talk to someone. Talk to one of the preachers here, talk to Pastor Pastor Kevin. Somebody can at least show you from the Bible what does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to know with full assurance that you're on your way to heaven? Not because of any good thing we can do, but only because of God. And what about you, Christian? How's your fire doing today? Is it dim? Is it so dim that nobody can even tell that you're a Christian? Or are you letting it so shine before men? Jeremiah wanted to quit, but the fire couldn't let him. He was constrained. He was moved to action, even though he didn't want, but the spirit in him let him to go. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for the fire that is in all of us, Lord. Lord, if there's somebody here that hasn't trusted you as Savior, as Savior and hasn't had that fire in them, Lord, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. But I pray, Lord, for us, Lord, it doesn't take much for our fire to be dimmed down because ultimately it's, it's our willingness to yield to you. That's all it comes down to. We pray that you would help us to remember these truths, Lord, and to follow them. In Christ Jesus Christ's name. Good evening, everyone. My name is Andrew. Oh, it's really hard here. <laughs> now I understand the, the, what's the reason Chester Turner drink the water during the preaching. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, let's pray. The Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the freedom. Thank you for the pre- freedom to preach in your word. Yes. The Father, uh, please help us to uh, honor you and make, help, us, help us to humble. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, God, for the proclaim the, uh, the truth tonight. Uh, pre- preaching uh, is my first time uh, to a church, church in my life. The teaching was my uh, lowest score in the, the talent uh, the survey. Uh, someone is uh, like, like me who is the teaching was the lowest score in the talent survey. Have you done before? Nobody? Wow, <laughs> I'm the last one. <laughs> okay, I would like to lift up the, my Heavenly Father and encourage you and me tonight. That he's the Almighty God and a living God, love, creator, and a strong tower. You and I learn into, learn into him and we get the, the peace and joy and comfort and safety all the time. Uh, my topic is uh, when you fall tonight. What do you do when you fall? Do you try to find uh, how you rise up yourself with you doing your best? Or do you give up? So we go to the scripture, Proverbs 24, verse 16. Proverbs 24, verse 16. For just man falls seven times and rises up again. The Bible says, the four just men, not for all men. I'm going to ask you, are you just, are you righteous? These questions are the same as the, are you uh, born again? Are you uh, saved? I believe the most of us here, the heard these questions many times. I just briefly mentioned how we become just. So we go to the Romans chapter 3, 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, so we are all sinners. I'm a sinner, so you are a sinner too. Not I say, it, I say, or Peter say, or the world says, Bible says, we are all sinners. We go to the Romans chapter 6, 23. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise the Lord. We deserve death and go to hell, but God wants to give us eternal life and go to the heaven through the Jesus Christ our Lord. We go to the 
First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. We go to the first John chapter one seven. First John chapter one verse seven. I'm going to read the end of a part. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. His precious blood cleans all our sins. We go to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. I'm going to read the end of part. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Praise the Lord. He washed our sins in his own blood. Jesus loved us and washed our sins. If you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and buried, rose again, now you are the just, you are the righteousness. You are a born again Christian. You are the children of God. You have eternal life. You have the Holy, Holy Spirit in you. We go to the text, Proverbs uh, chapter 24, verse 16. For just man falls seven times and rises up again. Now, are you sure that you are just? If you are not sure, do not hesitate to ask Pastor Turner, Mrs. Turner, or brothers and sisters, or me after this service. I think you and I fall falls more than seven times in our lives. <laughs> yes. Seven times in the Bible is the perfect number. And God lights up, lights up us all the time whenever we fall into whatever, relationship, parenting, marriage, finances, jobs, or studies, or our health issues, etc. We cannot rise up ourselves, but in the Lord. We go to the Philippians chapter 4, verse 17. I'm sorry, excuse me, Philippians chapter 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Amen. When we fall, we may apply, apply the, the text, Proverbs 24, verse 16. We remember Jesus Christ, our Lord, what he has done for us. There are a lot of encouragement 
in the Bible. Why don't we open the Bible and uh, read his love letter? Why don't we meditate and the truth, apply the, the truth daily? Thank you. God bless you. I know, I know that the mic is working, but oh, just tripping. Um, let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this privilege, Lord, that I could speak in front of your people. Oh Lord, please hide me. I'm so afraid, but my courage and strength and confidence is in you, O Lord. Um May you feel, O oh Lord, the, the things that I will miss. Feel it in their hearts, O oh Lord. That they will understand what you have made me to prepare. Bless your word, O oh Lord. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Um, let us open our Bible to the book of Philippians 4. Thir- uh, Philippians 4, uh, verses 11 to 13. Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13. Not that I speak in respect, in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. In our text, it says, For I have learned that in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Learned is our key word. Paul has learned discontentment, but what is contentment? Is it being contented with our salary? Is it being contented with our earthly goods? Is it contentment like the world defines it? This contentment that the Apostle Paul is talking about here is being satisfied in Christ. A Christ-centered contentment. He learned that Christ is all he has and all he needs. First, on the road to Damascus. He was on his way to persecute Christians, according to Acts 9. But he had an encounter with Jesus that turned his whole life around. To be able to be contented in Christ, we need to be in Christ first. Do we know the Lord Jesus Christ tonight? Or do we just know of him? There's a difference between knowing Christ and just knowing of Christ. Do we have a relationship with him? Are we fully, are we fully trusting in him? And not of ourselves for our salvation. Your answer cannot be a maybe. It is yes or no only. And it's a matter of heaven and hell. Paul also learned contentment in his experiences. His experiences as a Christian and as a messenger of Jesus, I believe, is summarized in 2 Corinthians verses 11. Oh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 28. It says, 
Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in laborers, in laborers more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in, de in deaths oft. Of, of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been on the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. We see here that the Apostle Paul experienced peril after peril, danger after danger, imprisonments, pain, sufferings after suffering. All of this, the Apostle Paul has endured. Everything that happens to us, I believe, God has allowed. God used these experiences of Paul to strip Paul from Paul so that he can put more of Christ. When we come to the point where we realize that God is all we have, we realize that God is all we need. I guess I got that from a song. Maybe God is teaching us something tonight. Maybe some of us are going through something. May the sufferings we go through in this life brings us closer to God. Like Paul, may it increase our faith and dependence on God. And may our prayer turn from, Lord, please let this pass from me, to Lord, please let this pass from me. But if you want me to suffer, I know that this is your will. And may you be glorified in my sufferings. In verse 13, we can see that Paul is contented of what he's learning. Paul, has, Paul is contented of what he's learned. <laughs> Sorry. We can see that Paul... Um, is learning to be contented in his present state. I've read that Philippians, like many of his epistles, um, were, were written while he was um, in prison in Rome. In verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ, which is strengthened me. How many times have I misused this verse? I have learned that this divine strength that Paul is speaking of is not about me winning a basketball game when I was in high school. It is not passing a test that I did not review of in college. But it is a test, it is a strength that Christ gives us to endure suffering. A strength to praise God even when we have nothing. As we can see in verse 12, it says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. This strength is a strength to be content with having nothing and also a strength that allows us to remember our God, our provider, when we are full and when we abound or in excess. In this way, we are magnifying Christ by being contented in him. Lastly, false contentment comes from learning of his future. 
or knowing his future. In, pre in, the, in the previous chapter in, Philipp in Philippians, um, chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, it says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the work whereby he is able, even to subdue all things unto himself. The, Paul, the, the Apostle Paul knows that his citizenship is in heaven. He knows that his imperfect body will soon become perfect, a glorified body. He was a vile person, that Apostle Paul. He killed and persecuted Christians, blasphemed Jesus all his life. But on that road to Damascus, he had an experience with Christ, and he was crucified with him. A crown, pearly gates, and streets of gold, and a dwelling place awaits him there. That's what he knew. That's what he believed. What else would he ever need in this world when he is just a passing through? What's await, what awaits him, brothers and sisters, awaits us too. So let us pray to be freed from earthly desires and strive to press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But let not gold or crowns or dwelling places motivate us to be content in Christ. The best thing about heaven is not the gifts or rewards that we will, that we will get, but because in heaven we will be with him, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Out of thankfulness, we will cast all of our rewards in his feet because he is worthy. And if he is worthy then, he is worthy now. If you have Christ tonight, O Christian, you have everything. But if you don't have Christ in you tonight, you may own the world, yet you have nothing. What awaits you? Are fire and brimstone, weeping and gnashing of teeth. I do not say this to, to put fear in you, but rather to contrast the love that Jesus has for you. And I pray that you get that settled tonight if you're not saved. To God be the glory and let us pray. Lord, thank you, Lord, just for the privilege, Lord, to study your word this past week. That alone, O oh Lord, is blessing enough, but to be able to share it to your, to your people and to the lost. That is way, way more blessing than that. And I just pray, Lord, that you bless this word into our heart. And may we be, Lord, doers of your word and not just hearers, Lord. Thy will be done, O oh Lord, and to God be the glory. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. I know everybody's hungry. I don't know what time it is. Oh, it's, uh, so uh, John chapter 11, verse 35, uh, Jesus wept. Uh, it's okay to cry. Amen. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm not kidding in the message, though. The message is true. It's okay to cry. Jesus wept, and he understands. Um, thank you, Pastor, and thank you, uh, Brother Kevin, for setting this up. And thank you, all men. I know I missed the first ones, but I'm going to watch it online. And uh, thank you so much for, for coming. And Brother Allen, I'm with you, brother. I'm not, I'm not, I was telling the guys on Friday night that when in school when they said this is your class, this is how you're going to be graded, and part of it was the oral reports, I was like, oh, no, oral reports. And that wasn't my key, but I just want to be a blessing to you as God was a blessing to me in this area. First Thessalonians, chapter number five. Last week, my, uh, my sister, she, uh, she texted me um, on Wednesday, and she, she sent me a text that said, uh, Happy Thanksgiving, because uh, they live on the Big Island of Hawaii, both of my sisters, and in the, so they celebrate the United States of Thanksgiving. But I love my sisters, and nothing against them. I'm so grateful that she did send me that text, but all year long, my sister, she doesn't send me, she, we, don't, we hardly ever talk. We, we just say hi once in a while and happy birthday and that's it, but we actually never talk. And, and I was thinking about that and I was thinking like, you know, why, why are we always so thankful only on when it's a certain day, it's a holiday or, or circumstances when circumstances are good? You know, and God wants us to always be thankful. I mean... We've just heard a missionary story downstairs, the kids and I, and how about if you would get a text, and a lot of people are here, we don't have, you don't have citizenship, but what if you get a text tonight and says you need to leave the country in, in tomorrow, that you don't, you know, you need, you need to go, sorry, you can't stay here anymore. Are you going to be thankful? What if you still don't have a job right now? You got bills to pay. Are you still thankful to the Lord? You know, maybe we're sick. Are we still thankful? In 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, in verse number 16, it starts off, it says, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And this is our key verse here. It says, in everything. That means all, everything. Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Sometimes it's hard. You know, when we were young, you probably said this, and you've seen people say it, but they're, they, they have a little child, and maybe they'll go and they'll walk up to pastor's office, and pastor will say, hey, do you want a mint? So they hand them a mint, and, the, and your child just stands there, and so we always say, what do you say? What do you say? And we were trained from little to say thank you. But we were, trained for, we were trained to say thank you only when we receive things. It seems like only when we receive it. But the Bible says there in everything, everything give thanks. And sometimes it's hard, as Pastor was talking this morning, sometimes our certainty will get shaken. You know, and how, it's, it's really hard to be thankful sometimes, and I'm guilty of that. And sometimes God will put us through some things in our lives that he, it will probably just be a test to see if we're thankful. If I have time, I'll share a, a story about the drive-thru. Even if I don't have any time, remind me downstairs, and I'll tell you the story downstairs about the drive-thru. But in the Bible, we're trying to look at um, a, a lot of people that live their lives showing gratitude towards the Lord. 
but because of time, I'm going to have to cut out some of it, and I'm just going to focus on one. And since everybody was preaching on Paul, I'm going to stick with Paul. I had David as one of them. David, he messed up a lot of times. He did a lot of mistakes. But the majority of the Psalms, as I told the children that, uh, this evening, was written by David. And if you look at it, he's rejoicing in the Lord. He had people like not liking him, hating him, and he was driven out of countries, and he was still rejoicing in the Lord. So, but and then there's also Daniel. Daniel was under the uh, the Babylonian king uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He was ordered to worship the the golden calf, but he decided not to. He loved the Lord so much that he just worshipped the Lord. And so we're going to go with Paul. Paul's life. Paul, as uh, Brother Allen says, you know, he was uh, before on the road to Damascus. He was. Uh, he knew of his severity to the Lord, his sinful, and he was so thankful that he dedicated his whole life serving the Lord, his whole life. And that kind of convicted me, you know. I mean, what was scary was, brother, you're seeing your picture there of the human evolution. One of those guys looked like me way back in 78 when I was, when I was unsaved. I was an ugly person, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah. I, in back, I, I was telling my wife, that guy looks like me. Let, let's look at Paul. Second uh, Corinthians chapter number 11, if you turn there. Paul's talking about how he was, uh, three times he says he was beaten with rods. And that's, that's not just three times. They were flogged. And I don't know if you know what flogging means. Flogging means beaten continuously. So three times he was beaten continuously with rods, he says. He was stoned. His, uh, he was shipwrecked. He got bitten by a snake. And all these things, if, if you're there, 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Starting at verse 25, he's talking about how he was beaten with the rods. We go down to verse 26. He's talking about in journeys, often in perils, dangerous waters, he says. Dangerous of the robbers, perils of mine own countrymen, perils of by the heathen, perils of the city, perils. He was always in danger. He was uh, in weariness and painfulness. He's sick. Uh, watchings often in hunger. Thirst in fasting, often cold and nakedness. But let's go down to... Verse number 30. Look what he says after going through all this. And we've been down so many times. Look what Paul says. If I must needs glory, give thanks. He says, I will glory in the things which concern my infirmities. All the things that can, he says, I will glory in my weaknesses. The God of, and verse 31, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. And we also know that he was in, uh, in the city. He cast out a demon out of this one girl, and they brought him to the magistrates, the Bible says, where he was, they said to him that your custom that you are teaching is not welcome here, is not allowed here. So they beat him again, him and Silas, and they threw him in jail. And the Bible says, in the midnight hour, he started praying. And he says, the prisoners heard him. 
I often wonder, what was he praying? He says, he's, in here he says, I must needs glory, and I will glory in the things which concern my infirmities. So he was probably in prison with Silas, and I wonder what he said. Thank you, Lord, for allowing, me, for allowing us to be here in this prison. I can imagine all the things that he was saying and all the other prisoners uh, were listening. And then after that, they started singing. Can you imagine just being beaten up so bad, but still praising the Lord, giving thanks? We've, I've been down so much, and sometimes I just, I just don't feel like praising the Lord. Circumstances in my life, but these people we can learn from who are beaten, you know. Then they started singing. And uh, I wonder what they were singing. And then I thought about it. I know exactly what they were singing, Pastor. You know what they sang? At Calvary, mercy there was great and grace was free. Free! Boom! The, the doors opened up. The shackles blew off their legs, the Bible says. The jailer woke up. And then, what happened? The jailer went in there. Oh, no. At back to said the jailer, if all of those men escaped, the jailer would have got killed. So he was ready to kill himself knowing that the, the, the doors were open. He thought they had all escaped. So he was ready to kill himself, but Paul says, hang on, wait, we're all here. And because of them being there that night, that jailer got saved. He got saved. So we can learn from Paul that no matter what the circumstances are in our lives, that we can always be thankful. And I got a few things here that the benefits of, um, of being thankful to the Lord. Uh, first of all, uh, we glorify God. When we're thankful, we glorify God. 2 Corinthians 4.15. Thank you for being patient. 2 Corinthians 4.15. It says, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. So let's say that, uh, Brother Mark, I know that God's laying it on his heart right now to give all of us men that spoke a love offering after the service. We all get 50 bucks from him, 220s, 10s, it doesn't matter, 50s. He gives all of us, me, Yassine, Brother Barry, Alan, $50. What, that's the abundant grace. We do not deserve that. It's not for us coming up here and speaking to you. It's because of him that laid it on Brother Mark's heart that we give. So when we get that, we give God the glory. And we, 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 we thank God for that. And by then, it says the abundant grace, the things that we have through Thanksgiving, many redound. That word redound is exceeding and above. The Bible meaning of this means exceeding. So God gets exceeding and above the glories from all of us. And that glorifies him. Secondly, it helps us to see God. It helps us to see God. James 1. James 1 verse 16 and 17. It says, do not err, my beloved brethren. It's, be not mistaken, he says. Every good gift, there's that word again, every. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, 
and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. What he's saying there, that every good gift is from above. He says there's no variables. There's no pattern to him blessing us. And he could bless us one day with a dozen eggs, and the next week he'll bless us with a $5,000 building. He says there's no variables. There's no money worth. He says, then we, by keep on thanking him, we always see God working in our lives. And number three, it draws us, close, it draws us to God. Luke 17, verses number 17. This is my favorite. It's the ten lepers. Sorry, it says, and he entered into a certain village, and there he met ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when they saw, when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priests. Isn't that miraculous that they didn't even have to tell them what they had? He says that they, they were afar off, and they just yelled, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, I need a job. Have mercy on me. Jesus, I'm sick. Have mercy on me. That's all they said. And all he said was, go show yourselves to the priests. And it came, and it came to pass that when they went and be cleansed, and they were cleansed. As they're walking, they started to see themselves being healed. And uh, they had to show themselves to the priests so that the priests could deem them clean so that they could be among the people again. But it says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face and his feet giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found and returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. You know, I've always wondered what happened to those other nine people. You know, leprosy was a picture of sin. Jesus told that one man, because he was so thankful, he got, he, we got drawn back to Jesus to thank him. I don't know whatever happened to the nine. Maybe they fell back into this to sin. Maybe they got leprosy. I don't know. But I don't want to be one of the nine people we all need to be that one to always draw ourselves close to God. And I'm just going to add one more contentment. When we're thankful, we'll be content. Because godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can surely carry nothing out. If, if we're thankful for what we have right now, nothing else is going to matter. We'll be content. And when we're thankful, our son Jesse, sometimes he, he uh, if I play with him, play cards with him on the stairs and stuff, and he would say something to me, this is great. Just, just for me to be spending time with him. And, and then I would just say, okay, I got to go. But then later on, he would just come, and he would just hang on to my leg. He gets drawn, and that's his way of saying thank you. He would... I don't know if he's wiping his face on my pants, or, but he's just using, he's like a cat. He's like this. And he's just holding on to my leg, and I'm walking, and, he's, and he just stays, if I go in the chair, and he, 
he gets drawn to me. He, he wants to sing, and he, he doesn't even have anything else. He just wants to be by his dad. And that's how we should be with our Heavenly Father. We should get drawn to him in all that we do. So I'd just like to say uh, thank you to all of you. I'm going to try and mention it in some of your languages here. We say merci, salamat, kamsha uh, namdida. Forgive me if I'm butchering it. Domo arigato gozaimasu. Spasiba. Merci, right? Danka. My wife's German. So thank you very much, everyone, for all that we do. May we, may we cultivate the attitude of gratitude into our lives in that we will always be content. We will get drawn close to God. We'll see his wonderful works in our lives, but most of all, we'll glorify him. Let's pray. Or gracias. That's right. I had that down. Gracias. What she said. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do love you, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, for tonight, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, that for all that you have done in our lives, Lord, and I thank you for these men. Lord, help us to take heed of what we heard, Lord, and apply it to our lives, Lord, and we're so grateful for what you have done. But thank you for these dear people here, Lord. May you encourage and build us up, Lord, to be more like you. Lord, we'll never be just like, exactly like you, but Lord, we can be close to it, Lord. Just pray, Lord, that you will help us. Lord, may you bless the fellowship downstairs, Lord. May we find someone that we'll be able to share your goodness in our lives to. And Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, bless the pies, whether they are bought, baked, or brought. Lord, we love and thank you so much. Thank you for our missionary, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you will bless her, Lord, and that you provide for her every need. Lord, give her the safety that she needs, Lord. And bless her time here in North America, the time that she spends with her family, Lord. Please take care of her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.